Hi, welcome to part two of my interview with Dennis Kelly. This is part two, so you could go back and listen to part one if you want, but really this is also a standalone episode. As you can hear, Dennis share a lot of interesting tidbits from his own leadership journey. Again, he is the CEO of Postalytics, this company that automates direct mail marketing and is able to measure the results and connect it into your CRM and marketing automation. So if that interests you, check out the show notes about Dennis Kelly. In this episode, Dennis talks about the biggest barriers that leaders have to overcome when they have to make tough decisions in their business, for example. And he talks about some different challenges that he's encountered in his business and leadership that has helped forge him into the leader that he is now. And of course, so many other tidbits as well. Listen in, hope you enjoy it. And again, listen for things that you can apply to your own leadership journey and implement it as soon as you can to help your impact grow. What do you think for business leaders when they're wrestling through that decision and they're at that moment where they're like, okay, I really need to pivot. I really need to change something. I, I might need to lay some people off. I might need to adjust something, change my target audience, whatever it is. Like, what do you think is the biggest barrier they need to jump over in their brains to make that call? I think the hardest thing to do as an entrepreneur is to give up. Hmm. It kind of goes against your grain and your constitution, right? Like this is what you do. You set your right. mind to something and you run through every brick wall and you, know, you attack every problem with gusto and you overcome. And so fighting that mindset eventually or putting some parameters around, how long will you try to run through that brick wall before right. you take a step back and say, you know what? That wall is too thick. I need to find a thinner wall. <laughs> right. I like that. I think that when you're dealing with an early business, there's so many things that could potentially be a problem until you get it all figured out that you've got to have some boundaries around your willingness to try new things in order to solve a problem. Yeah. What about like, you've probably experienced a lot of times where maybe that time you just talked about where you had to make that change was a low time, right? In business and leadership, there's these times where it's just, Hey, this is tough. I'm discouraged. It's hard. Maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you just really messed something up, right? Whatever it is. I know for me, I probably have one or two or more of those types of situations myself. Can you think of any times like that where you really kind of like, almost like that phrase forged through the fire, right? Like what stands out to you? Well, you know, I think after you've done it a couple of times and through those difficult valleys, every startup is a bit of a roller coaster with peaks and valleys. You end up realizing that it's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad as you think it is at any given point in time, right? So there's that as you kind of experience those kinds of things. But I think fundamentally, I think in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to be optimistic, that you and a small group of people can solve some difficult problems that haven't been solved properly before. And that optimism and that belief that you and this group of folks can apply your skill and your hard work to solve a problem that has value has to be underlying all of your intention and efforts all along the way. Those feelings that get challenged course during those hard times. But I think at the end of the day, the difference between quitting and folding up tent and going home and saying, all right, this didn't work. I got to go in another direction, which is adding years to my timeline and dollars that I have to invest and all these other things. The difference is whether or not you retain that optimism, that spirit and that hope that eventually this will get figured out. Sure. Yeah. I think it's that, and it relates to the whole idea of being okay with risk sometimes, right? Like we, sometimes you got to invest that money that you may not have right now, or you may not know exactly kind of how it's going to get there, but you need to take that step and take, you know, Hey, maybe it'll fall apart, but Hey, let's be optimistic. Let's take the steps we need to take and see where it goes. Right. And I think that's a great, great insight there.
I want to go back to one of the things that you mentioned a little bit earlier in regards to building your team and kind of the cultures that you've tried building and just dig down a little bit more into that idea of the transition from doing that in a small organization, right? Like when you're just starting up, when you just got a small team, it might be the founders and then just a handful of people, right? And you're building that team and the communication levels are, there's not very many layers. It's just, it's there. You got your team, you see each other all the time, do stuff together all the time versus when you start to scale and that challenge of now you can't be that kind of agile approach team, right? It's different. How have you ensured, like you talked about that, that the culture stays true, even with more layers and more people and all these different things you're juggling? Sure, sure. So I think a big part of that is hiring people who have managed before, hmm. right? First thing, and people that have successfully managed, hired and fired and proven themselves to be able to go and translate the culture and the messaging, the positioning that you want every employee of the company to have. It's important in the growth of the startup to start bringing in those managers, right? Maybe they're not in the first five or 10 employees, but it's, it's not long after that. You need to bring in some more senior people. They need to have domain expertise in a particular area. They need to be able to prove that they've been able to build successful teams in that area that you need help in. I think the earlier, the better for just about everybody to start bringing in folks that are clearly talented managers. Right. Yeah. If you had some candidates in front of you and you had one that was really high on the technical side of things, but not necessarily as much experience leading people versus the reverse. Do you lean more towards that person who's got more of that manager experience and people skills versus the technical side of things? Or how have you struck that balance? Yeah, it really depends on the role. I think the other thing as it relates to hiring is sometimes you run across a unicorn or somebody who is just an outrageously good fit for your business. And maybe they don't check all the boxes for the role that you're hiring, but those people make an outsized contribution. Sometimes it's worth even rethinking what you are hiring for. If you run across like a great person and say, you know what, maybe this person isn't a manager, but they would be a superstar individual contributor and you can build a career path like in the technical world, somebody can be a software developer and then move into an architecture role and then move into roles that require individual contribution toward the technology, but doesn't involve a lot of management. I think sometimes we get caught up in the job description and the narrow focus of the role we're trying to fill. And it might make sense to actually pivot a little bit and grab a great person that right. isn't a, a perfect fit. So other times, some roles you have to, right? Like sure. you're at a point where you got to hire a manager for customer client success or customer service. You need somebody who has done that and right. somebody right. that can build a team, right? So it doesn't really matter the technical expertise at that particular point in time. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Another question that I like to ask, especially to entrepreneurs and business leaders who've been leading businesses for a while, sometimes we think that people who've done it for a while, they just know everything. They got it all figured out. When you look at your kind of the next thing that you're trying to work on, next thing you're trying to grow in, like, do you have an idea of where you still have steps to take? What would those be? Sure, sure. So I think we all like to have business plans and roadmaps and strategies laid out and communicated in order to help drive the team in a coordinated way toward goals. And so you're efficient and you're moving things forward. But at the same time, none of us really have a crystal ball, right? I mean, could anybody have foreseen what happened with COVID and then work from home, right? Nobody knows. Right. And so you have to be able to revisit your basic assumptions sometimes because the world changes or you come across new information that wasn't there before. 
And if you're not regularly going back and testing your assumptions for what this business is doing, what you're trying to do this year with this business, and does it really line up with the most important things that you should be doing? You have to kind of have that iterative process. And if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have a good board of directors, you know, people whose job is to kind of ask you those questions, you got to go find it. It's people you're working with, or you've got to find some mentors or advisors or friends that you can have these conversations with and people who can challenge your assumptions a little bit. Right. Yeah. I like that. It makes sense. Definitely. Dennis, as we kind of get close to the end of our time together, I always like to ask a little bit of a fun question to my guests. And I think from what I was able to see and kind of learning about you, I think you like fishing. Is that correct? I do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. So, so let me ask you a question. If you could pick anyone from past or present to go fishing with, who would you choose? My father. Okay. There you go. Is he still around or is he passed on? He passed on a few years ago and I grew up fishing with my dad. He fished all over the United States and Canada growing up. And some of my best memories had been out in a boat or in a river, just very special times that I spent with my dad. And so I often think how great it would be to have another time like that. That's, that's fantastic. I love that answer. And I love the heart that comes through and the experience you had having those memories with your dad is quite special. So thanks for sharing that. Dennis, any final words or thoughts before I wrap us up? No, I think Ben, that your audience is a lot of small business owners and it's great that you putting this podcast out there. As I mentioned, a lot of times you're kind of on your own and it's kind of lonely, right? And if you don't have a lot of support as a small business person, you need resources. You need to hear other thoughts and ideas. And so I would encourage everybody to go build your own network right, of friends and advisors who can help you out. But also I think programs like this are super helpful because sometimes you hear a nugget on a podcast and you just sort of stop and think, wow, I never really thought of it that way. Maybe I can rethink part of my business accordingly. Good. Well, thank you for that insight. And for anyone who is listening, and maybe this is the first 10-minute leader episode you've listened to, I've got lots more you can look back and listen to as well and find some tidbits. I've learned so much being able to do this as a host, hosting guests on these podcasts. And Dennis, I appreciate what you've shared and the value you've shared. I'm going to be applying some of that to the work that I do as well. And I wish you all the best in your business growth, Postalytics, especially as you branch up here into Canada and trying to expand into this market. But thanks again, Dennis, for that. It was great to have you as a guest. Thank you, Ben. It was great to speak with you today and uh, really enjoyed our conversation. For those of you who listened, uh, this is again, the 10 minute leader where we talk to world-class leaders about leadership, business, and life in these small conversations you can listen to when you've got the time to do so. Thanks for tuning in. Definitely check out some of these other episodes and get some more wisdom and insight. Thanks for listening to that episode of the 10 minute leader with Dennis Kelly. If you want to find out more about Dennis Kelly, check out the show notes. There'll be some links to how you can get in touch with him. Thanks again for listening and now go and be an intentional leader.